to our very first edition of The Break Live from Oxnard, California. It is day two of Cowboys camp here. It's our first time on the air this, uh, this camp, and we're excited to be back, excited to be on the air, excited to be talking Cowboys football for the 2019 season. Got my crew here, Nick, Amber, Dave. How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome. <laughs> doing great. No, I'm so good. Wonderful. I'm so good. That's good awesome. Back. All right, so we got a lot to get into today. Uh, since we haven't been on the air in a while, I thought it would be a good idea for us to start with some questions. I have a little game I'm going to play. It's, it's going to be a fill-in-the-blank I have four questions, or actually four sentences for you guys, and I'll leave a blank, and I'll ask each of you guys to fill in that blank. All right, so let's start with the first one. We've arrived in sunny Oxnard, and expectations for this team are blank. Nick? Very high. Very high. Very high. Higher than they've been in the last ten years. Got it. Dave? Sky high. Ooh, very high and sky high. Okay. Sky high. All right, Amber? I don't know how to surpass that. My English vocabulary doesn't expand that much, <laughs> <Galaxy>. but <laughs> to the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, we talk about contracts. We talk about uh, young guys are are making creating a new team, and yes, that's fresh and everything is exciting. But that's not necessarily the case for Jason Garrett, who is coming to an end of, from his contract. So this is a, a very important year. It's either he makes it or he doesn't. Everything that's happened since last season ended indicates that the divisional round's not good enough. The head coach won the division and got to the second round of the playoffs. He does not have a new deal as it stands right now. Everybody and their mother on this team is asking for astronomical amounts of money, whether it's the running back who's not here or the quarterback or the receiver or even, you know, guys like Jalen Smith that aren't on the radar. They want money too. It sounds like they got a hell of a lot of good players, uh, and it sounds like they're not happy – Enough with their coach getting to the second round of the playoffs. They've added a couple pro bowlers in the offseason. Yeah, like what What about what they've done suggests that the expectations are anything other than high? All right. So with that being said, we all agree expectations are extremely high. What's the biggest threat? Well, the biggest threat to this expectation is blank. Nick? I, I think it's injury. I mean, uh, I, I know that's probably an easy thing to say, but, but, you know, like Dave said, this is a really good roster. Uh, it was a good roster last year. It got better we think it got better this year with Frederick coming back, Witten coming back, Randall Cobb, Robert Quinn. So the, the thing that's going to stop it is, is injuries, and especially at positions where the backups uh, just – it's a huge drop-off. And so um, that, I think that that's going to derail most teams, especially this one, because it's very top-heavy with good players. I don't know from 1 to 53 how great it is. Amber. You know, going back to injuries, that is something that always scares me when you think about guys that ask for big contracts. And we have several guys that are in that situation right now. And I always go back to, like, Des Bryant and what happened to him when he asked for a contract and then he got injured. And for some reason, that always stays in my mind, like, when you have a big contract coming up, there may be a possible injury coming up, and then all of a sudden you're screwed. So I would say injuries as well. Injuries is an eternal answer, of course. I agree with that. But if that's not it, then it's coaching. Uh, I just said it. They've had three straight winning seasons. They've won the division two out of the last three years. Jason Garrett has been to the second round of the playoffs twice. No, three times. Mm -hmm. Three times. And uh, there is not a fan base in the history of sports that is less satisfied with the coach of a guy with those credentials. Clearly, uh, ownership might not like that. Ownership wants him to succeed. Jerry Jones says that all the time. But... Not so much that they're going to hand out a deal ahead of time. And, you know, Jerry Jones kind of made a joke of it, not wanting to talk about what's good enough for Jason Garrett to get a new deal. He was like, I can't hear you. What? Next question? 
on top of that, I mean, what? We scapegoated Scott Linehan last year for a mediocre to bad offense. It's all on Kellen Moore now. I think people are pretty excited about what he might do, but now it's time to prove that. So we just said, how many great players does this team have? The expectations are sky high. Assuming everybody's healthy, it's going to be coaching that holds them back, in yeah. my opinion. You know, the one thing that, that Jason Garrett and his teams have not done, but really this franchise hasn't done in, I, I think it's about 20 years, maybe more 23 years, is they haven't won the division back-to-back -back years. When, when the expectations are there uh, and, and you've done well, they haven't handled success very well. Uh, I know in 07 they were 13-3, and lost to the Giants, and then in 08 they were supposed to be a really, really good team, 3-0 and to start. And then, and then it just it tanked. And so, uh, you know, I think that's one thing this team has to do is the target is on their chest. Number, You know, good schedule, really good schedule for what it looks like right now. And a first-place schedule, and, and you've got to be able to handle that. And, and so far in the last 20-something years, they have not done that. So that's going to be a big thing. And for whatever the reason, I don't think it's injuries every year. I just don't think it's handling success the right way. I, so now – sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to add. So, okay – I don't think any of us really think that Zeke is going to hold out for that long. But if that was to happen, I mean, do you believe that everything changes for this team? Yes. Yes. If, yeah. he's, if he's not here when the games start, absolutely. And he, and he knows that, and that's the only thing that's going to really matter in this is this August 6th deadline or whatever, I don't think we'll do anything. I think he's going to have to go all the way into September and threaten to lose some games because we know if you miss one game, if you lose one game you're not supposed to, like to the Giants at home, um, that could change everything. That could be 10-6 and six to 9-7, and seven, and now you're out of the playoffs. And we'll get into that a little bit okay. deeper when okay. we get into Zeke. I want to talk a lot about what's happening with Zeke Elliott. Continuing on those line of questionings, though, although those sentences – Despite those big threats, blank should give the Cowboys confidence that they will reach their goal. Amber. Should give confidence. Well, I mean, I'm confident on what Amari Cooper can bring to the offense. Let's say whatever happens with Zeke, I know that Amari showed a lot last year, and this year should be better, especially with him asking for a contract. Also, Dak Prescott, the way that he has improved, I feel that this is the first time since he's been here where we've been able to see a significant change, growth. This is the first time that he has a noticeable growth since he's been here. His footwork, he keeps talking about that and John Kidna, what he has been coaching up and how that has been helping him. So I have confidence that at least the passing game should improve this year and they would be able to rely on or lean on that a little more this year. Dave, the talent that you have on hand. I mean, you know, whether it's Dak Prescott taking another step forward, which I think he will, whether it's even if it's a small addition, but I think having Jason Witten back can help you in small measures. Obviously, Travis Frederick is enormous. You add him to the other all pros on this offensive line, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott, who I do think will be there when it matters. And then, you know, the defense, you've got some of the brightest young stars in, in the NFL on that side of the ball, whether it's Jalen, whether it's Leighton Vander Esch. I think Byron Jones and Demarcus Lawrence. That's something to watch, but I think they'll they'll be more ready than not as far as injuries go. Um, so what? I mean, what you got like eight of the top 100 players in the league. You got five All Pros and eight Pro Bowlers. I mean, yeah, the talent's the, there. The talent is going to carry this team, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully the coaching goes with it. What you yeah. give the Cowboys confidence, Nick? I don't think the backbone has changed. I think the offensive line is going to still give me confidence for this uh, team to do well. Um, yeah, obviously Zeke makes a big difference. I don't think that the backups here 
um, would be able to, to sustain it and do it as, as good of a job. I don't think they w- – I think they would probably get some outside help. But I think whoever it is, we've seen DeMarco Murray can set records behind the line. Demar- Darren McFadden can, can rejuvenate his career behind the, the line. And I think, you know, the special back like Zeke can take it to another level. But I still think this offensive line, and if Frederick can get back, I think the offensive line is going to help Dak do his job, Cooper, and, and whatever running back is back there. But I – we'll talk more about that. And Zeke. at least we feel good about the backups in the offensive line. Yeah. Like I mean, when you talk about injuries, yeah. at least you have guys that you are like not – Oh my God, we're screwed! It's gonna be a good you know, player. Yeah. That's released. if there's if there's one no spot doubt. where you feel good about the depth, it's got to be that offensive line. Yep. All right. So final sentence that you'll fill in the blank. My way too early on the record prediction for this team is Dave. Oh, you start with me. All right. Don't get mad at me. I I think this is a ten or eleven win team. I really do. But I think this is a ten or eleven win team that's sharing the division with one of the best rosters in the league in the Philadelphia Eagles. So right now. July 28th, I think they win 10 or 11 games, and it's only good enough for a wild card. Okay. Amber? <laughs> I I'm, uh, I hate this. I'm just going to go with 11. I, I think that 11 sounds wins. about – Yeah, 11 sounds about good. It sounds good, yeah. 11 and 5. Dave is 10 and 6. You're 11 and 5. Yes. All right. Nick? I'm, I'm 10 and 6, and that and that's going to be hard, you know, with, with some of the teams that they have to face. But – you know, just when you, when you throw in the, the Redskins and the Giants, and you know, just you saying those are easy wins? No, I'm not. I'm, no. I'm just saying those games are always tough. Okay. They're always yeah. tough. And yeah. so, you know, when, when and every team's got division, you know, games like that. But but you know, I mean, who knows what the Jets and Dolphins and Bills and they're going to do? But I know what what the Patriots are going to bring. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll win some of those games, but they'll lose some, a couple that they shouldn't. I think ten and six, and and I. I don't know. Ten and six might win the division. I mean, it did last year. It did. I, I, I think ten and six is. And and again, this is still Parcells' line from about fifteen years ago. I think this is going to be a a much better team than last year. The record may not show it, but it will be a better mm-hmm. team. I do agree with that because I mean, ten and six would be the same record as last year, but I think this team will look more impressive even if they finish with that record. There are a lot of topics we need to hit, and none is bigger. Than Ezekiel Elliott. It started uh, when we first Wait, arrived. You don't here. have to make a prediction. Would you like me to make? A yes, oh, yeah. if we're all putting our butts out there. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with. There's 15 and one. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm going to go with 12 and four. Okay. Because the that way I look at the way I look at this team, what they did in the second half of the year last year mm-hmm. um, was was really impressive. It would have been a better record than that if they w- could have sustained that for a full year before they got Amari or after they got Amari Cooper. Um, but I actually think they got better. I think really the big one is the adding of, of Robert Quinn. I think you, you've now given yourselves two legitimate top-end pass rushers on either side. I think you've got guys that can spell those guys who still can get some pressure. If what we're hearing about Randy Gregory suggests that he really will be back uh, and playing for this team, I feel really good about what you got at the pass rush. I think you got – I actually expect a little bit more this year from a guy like Malik Collins in a contract year. We see this happen all the time. Guys getting contract years, and all of a sudden they're playing in a much better level than they were before. You got those two linebackers in the middle who are, in my opinion, two of the best in the league, uh, and they are young, and they are only going to be getting better. Uh, I think the secondary – I'm very excited to see what Xavier Woods can do. So I think the defense – is really the area that gives me a lot of confidence to say I think this team is even better than it was last year. Add in even the guys that you brought back with, with Travis Frederick coming back from injury, Randall Cobb being signed. I think you've got a lot of weapons to make this team even better than they were last year. I know the schedule is going to be tough, um, 
But I think that's also what separates the good teams from the teams that are up there is the teams that can actually figure out a way to get wins. And I think this team is mentally tough. I think they'll be able to man manage that. I think they can get to 12 wins. You got me believing after that spiel, so all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see if that actually works out that way. But I do think we need to talk about Zeke Elliott. Um, there are a lot of unknowns in this story. Uh, but I do think that one thing that stood out to me in the opening press conference, and that's how I want to frame our conversation, um, is we, we heard three different things from the three primaries on this, Jerry, Stephen, and Jason. And I thought it gave these three different perspectives of how you look at situations like this. And I want us to talk about talk about it from that standpoint. First, Jerry, the, the whole mantra of what Jerry was saying, I think, and, and you guys can correct me if you took something else from, from his words, but I, I thought really what he was focused on was the fact that, look, I'm, and speaking for, as I'm Jerry, I'm not worried about this. This is business as usual. I've been doing this for 30 years. This is a part of the business in football. Pro football is a business. So there's nothing to be worried about at this point. We'll negotiate. We'll talk about it. We'll figure out what we're going to do. There really are no worries at this point. Is that what you guys took from, from his words as a general? I think I need the direct quote, though, because it was such a flex when he was like, this is the air we breathe. Yeah. Like, this is our life. Like, you know, y'all can stress about it if you want to, but this is nothing to me. Which, yeah, no, I mean, you, yeah, 100%, that's yeah. what they're saying. And, and I also think, you know, that's kind of his, I'm not going to call it arrogance, but, I mean, they sit up there, they know more than us, and they know that. And so it's like, even if they were worried about it, they're not, you know, going to say it right there because there's no reason to worry about it then. But if we're in a month, they'll be worried about it. And right. that's why, I, you know, that's why I think that if Zeke's going to be serious about this, then, you, you know, he's going to have to wait a little bit longer. You know, yeah. I don't think – I mean, if if they were to say, hey, he's not coming back until, you know, August 6th, it's like, great. Can't get hurt. Could get in trouble. But, you know, you could do that anywhere. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you're not going to get hurt which is kind of a good thing. So so should fans be more concerned? I know Jerry's not concerned from the standpoint that he's done this before. He knows these things tend to work themselves out. But let's assume for a second that Zeke takes the route that you're talking about, and now it pushes into the season because he mm -hmm. really has to play. He feels like he really has to play hardball right now when he may feel like this is his best leverage. Should be fans be concerned that that could play out and then you go into the season without – one of your best players, if not your best player. If I was a fan, I would probably think about this the same way that I think Jason Garrett is, which is to say, right here in Oxnard, cool, he's not going to get hurt. We'll get a better look at Darius Jackson and Tony Pollard and Mike Weber and Jordan Chun, you know, see what these guys got. Maybe they'll do something for this year. Maybe they could be trade bait when roster cuts come. This is, this is a net positive. We're going to see what these guys got. And you get back from Oxnard, if he's still not there, it's like, don't love this, uh, you know, kind of. It's in the back of my mind now. You know, I'd like to see my guy. I'd like to know he's getting reps. Is but he in shape? Is yeah. he in shape? No. Still not freaking out because we got two more weeks. So that's fine. And then, you know, roster cuts, and now we're prepping for the Giants. He's still not here. Now we're ringing alarm bells. Now we're freaking out. We're not sleeping at night. That's, I mean, Jason Garrett won't admit that, but that's how he's going to approach this. I feel very confident, and that's how I would feel if I was a fan too. If we're game planning for the Giants and we're not making moves to get him back, then it's time to panic. Until then, I'm kind of I'm cool to see well, what the rest of these guys have. You know what worries me is the fact him not being here and where he's at right now, the people that he's with are going to be in his ear. These people, his agents, are wanting money. They get money from him. So it's like having those people around you telling you, like, this is what you should do. You know, we should. this is the game plan and stuff. You start – putting those thoughts in your head and then you start acting that way towards that specific goal you know 
as opposed to, let's say, okay, this is a different story. Demarcus Lawrence is hurt. That's different. And he has a contract, obviously. But he mentioned that him being here is completely different than when you're at home. So the thought of that aspect of it, I, I wonder how that would affect his thought process. Yeah, we're, we're playing the Dolphins in week three at home. And the Dolphins have gone down and scored a touchdown. That's where we are, in my opinion. That's like, okay, well, you know, you got no, plenty got of time. <laughs> you got your come point, back yeah. and all that. Yeah. But yeah, this is nobody the fourth quarter, and they've got the ball, and then you, now we're in trouble. We'll be worried. Yeah. No. Not yet. All right, let's talk about Stephen Jones. His, I think the takeaway from Stephen was, in my opinion, camp is where these things get done. And he, he made that point. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't seen our show special edition, Dave, you had to sit down with him and ask him about that as yeah. well. And I think and they we'll all be interviewing Stephen all year. He will be interviewing Steve. I haven't Steve talked Martin. to him. About oh, that. That, no. awesome. <laughs> Thanks. It'll be your weekly, weekly there you gig. Go. Um, but, but I think the point of that was that, and we've seen this, those of us who have been covering this team for a while, you've seen that. Like, there have been a number of guys that have gotten deals during training camp. This tends to be the area at the time when the Cowboys kind of dig in on those a little bit and, and see if they can get something done. That all being said, he's not the only deal. Uh, there are yeah. a lot of new deals uh, that have to be done, particularly with Dak and Amari. So talk to me a little bit about the timing of this and how that might affect yeah. what's happening with Dak and with Amari. Big difference between the guys you're, you're alluding to, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, uh, Travis Frederick, and then the two guys that are here, that they're here. you know. Right. And, and I, I think that one thing that the, the Jerry and Steven have proven is that you're not going to strong arm them. You're just not. I mean, Yemen even went two games 25 years ago, uh, and they had to lose both of those games for it to happen. So I think he would have probably been better served to say, listen, I have a big problem with this. Um, and, then, and if they could say, yeah, come in, let's get this thing done, let's talk about it, you know, but, but I don't know if they're going to hit the panic button now because they're not going to let – the whole team know that that's what you got to do to set precedent. So I, it might this might be a little tougher to get done now because he's done this. I wonder. I mean, I wonder, and that's why I do. You know, and Stephen and Jerry Jones both kind of said, like, look, we're going to talk about all of this today, and then we're not going to talk about it again. Which, if you read between the lines, kind of says like we're preparing for this to last for a little while. Right. You know, if they're going to get it, if they're going to talk about it Friday and get it done Sunday, then they don't care. But they're like, look, we're not going to do this for three weeks, which is probably <laughs> what's going to happen. Right. Um, I, I honestly, in, if I'm looking at this from Zeke's perspective, I do think this is probably the way to do it because they've got an, enough other stuff to worry about with Dak's $130 million contract and Amari's $90 million contract that you got to stand up and do something to make them take notice. And, yeah, it would be cool if he was a – team player and came in and he was here and they were still talking about it but uh he got some aggressive advice from his agents it might not have been the best advice in the world but it damn sure is making the cowboys take notice i'll tell you that yeah hold on ember before you say that i i agree with you what what i meant is i don't think he can get this deal done like right now or in, in a week or so by doing that i think he could have maybe behind closed doors say listen i maybe but but I, I actually agree with what Ezek is doing. I really do. I want to get that out there. I think he should ask for more money. He should do it now. And, and I've said all along, I thought he should be the top priority. And so I think he's got leverage. I don't look at it like, nah, he's, he's, he should honor a contract. I hate that argument. Alan Hearns, they didn't honor his. 
Uh-huh. You know, and he did everything he could to get back. They don't honor contracts. What it is, it, it's now at the end of the day, you have to look out for you yourself. The Cowboys to. look out for themselves, and you as a player, you have to look out for yourself. This is a business. Yeah, you Jerry said it. it's pro football. It's a business, yeah. right? I, I yeah. think he's doing. I actually think he's doing the right thing. But by doing this, I don't think this is going to be a quick fix. I think he's going to have to go into September. I'm because into what's September. The point? What's the point into, if you wow. if you start? Okay, no, into okay. Well, yeah, I Not guess end of September. No, into September. But I mean, that's game week. That's game yeah. week starts on the second. I think. When when are you going to be in Austin? I'm going to be in no Te- LSU uh, Texas. LSU Texas is the seventh. That's the Saturday before the opener. Horns down. We can have that conversation <laughs> hey, another hey, time. The rules yeah. against that. Okay. Yeah. I know. Fine. It's a flag. Um. <laughs> So no, but September Labor Day it, t- roster cuts will be August thirty first. Yeah, you start looking, you start working yeah. toward the Giants on September first and second. That's that's okay. Uh, you I keep think. mentioning. You think it'll still? I mean, I do. Okay, I could see that. I hope not. That I sounds not. stressful. <laughs> I, know. You, I honestly don't though. No? I don't think it's going to last that long. I don't either. I, I, don't I honestly, know. I don't I honestly think. But then what's the point? What's well, here's the, the deal. No, no, no. Point? I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna. He's gonna cave. What I believe is. Um, I think when you have two parties that both want the same thing, which is they both want Zeke to be here, I think that gives them reason to say, okay, let's figure this thing out. It's When you run into problems is when you've got kind of mismatched uh, expectations. Mm-hmm. you got one side that wants to be there more than the other, right? And then it's kind of like, well, yeah, I kind of want it, but I don't really want it. And that's when you got problems. Both of them firmly want Zeke to be here. And so if, if both the Cowboys and Zeke's representatives want the same thing, They'll figure out how to make it work. And I, I honestly don't believe that. I, I think there are probably a few things that they have to try to figure out where they may be far apart. They all know he's going to get paid. They all know he's probably going to get something. I would guess they would all know he's going to get something in the range, if not more, than Todd Gurley. What they got to figure out is how you divvy that up. What's the, the, the guaranteed money? How do you create language that protects the Cowboys in the event that Zeke run, finds himself running afoul of the commissioner? Those are the kinds of things I would expect are probably going to be the negotiating points. But again, if everybody wants to get there, usually when negotiations are like that, it works itself out. So I think they're going to come to a conclusion here. And I would, I would suspect personally, give it two weeks. I would think they probably get a deal and you're hearing, hey, there's a new deal for Zeke out there. That's what I would guess. I'm fascinated because Stephen Jones is pretty blunt. Like, I mean, he's not going to tell you everything, but, like, you can piece some of this stuff together. What was fascinating to me was on Friday, he was talking about all three of these guys, you know, Dak, Amari, and Zeke. He was like, these will get done. Like, this is not a matter of if it's going to happen. Like, he said, we're going to come to an agreement with Amari, quote, for sure. And Zeke, he's, you know, talking about, you know, like, we got to make it work for both of us. Same thing for Dak. It's not a matter of, like, well, you know, we might want to play a franchise tag with this guy. I No. I, it sounds like they very much plan on getting this done. And then after the press conference, Stephen Jones is like, all three of these guys have offers on the table. And we're basically, like, which is to say we're waiting for their counter offer. Right. Which is to say, if you really read between the lines, they're saying we're not interested in like they want too much right now you know that's kind of the whisper on Dax deal and it's negotiation of course no no and 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 it's a very poorly kept secret like it certainly seems that Amari Cooper's team is waiting to see what Michael Thomas and Julio Jones get paid which I don't blame them at all because Michael Thomas is holding out as well uh so it's one of those things where like it's going to take a minute for these dominoes to fall but once they do like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if all three of these guys are signed before the season starts. I not, agree with you. Don't know if that will happen, but it would not surprise because, me. Because, again, the Cowboys want that to happen. Yeah. The Cowboys want all these three guys, and they want them under contract, and they want them under longer-term contracts so they feel good about where they are right now and where they are in the next couple of years. One press conference. 
That would be for awesome. For all three? How, you talk about from a, a market standpoint, uh, markability. Mm-hmm. If they did that. You, know, you got you, your new triplets? Oh, without a doubt. You <laughs> got your new triplets right there. And I mean, I know a guy who sits in an office above us at the Star who would be really happy about that. Which one? For, for like, well, I think a lot of them. row of offices above a us. A lot of them. But typically that. our friend who runs the merchandising department. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm sure he would be very, very excited. All right, so let me ask you this. On that same topic, talk to me about the priority. Is there a priority with these three, or is it just kind of like whichever one kind of falls – in line happens when it happens. He set me up fantastically. Like I'm, I'm so fascinated by that, and I want to understand it. And I just don't know. I don't know if I can. I actually, I talked to Stephen Jones about that. Where I was like, you know, typically when we come to camp, it's it's Tyron needs a deal or Travis needs a deal. Like we've never seen this before, where you need three guys signed at once. And he's that are like, all very important. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, you know. Like we we we're in good caps. I was I'm I'm like, do you need to sign Amari first because he's got the highest salary? Do you need to sign Dak first because it's the biggest number and it kind of sets the table? What's going on? And he's like, eh, you know, it it just it'll work itself out like that. He's like, we've juggled four and five at a time. Like you know, if if we want to do four deals at once, we can do four. If we, we want to do five, we can. Do, I'm and I'm just like, that doesn't make sense to my very bad math brain. But if you say so, Stephen, then I guess it's true. So. It's just kind of like whoever's willing to play ball first, I think that's who gets the deal. Like, I don't think there's really any order to it. I I disagree. I think there is a priority. I think it's Zeke. He's the guy. That well, he's does, the one that's making the okay, noise. Okay, so let me ask right you. Now. He doesn't but, look but, like he's going to play without a deal. I don't. These other the, two are like whatever. But was that the priority before he held out? Because no, I, I personally he made believe, himself yeah, I personally the priority, and that's why he. I was, he he just did one of his patented hurdles right yeah. over and said, "Watch this. Now I'm a priority," and I I agree with them yeah. because. Going back to what Stephen Jones said, he's the straw that stirs the drink. That's what he said. Yeah. So, you know, that, I, if, if that's the case, then it's like, let's mix it up. I've <laughs> spent enough time around Amari Cooper to believe him when he says he's not really worried about it. And to his point, I mean, he's scheduled to make $14 million this right. year. So, like, I'm sure he's not that upset. Number four out there, I don't know if I – like, I, I think I think he cares a little bit more than he's going to say in a press conference setting. Like, What's he making this year? He's making $2 million, which is only because of how many snaps he's played over mm-hmm. the last four years. He should be making, like, 600000 and But even at $2 million, I mean, I don't know how to do the numbers on this, but I would argue he is the most underplayed, underpaid athlete in all of sports. I bet you there is all, – Any sport, all of them. I'm I bet you there's a third quarterback – on a roster that might make more than yes. that. I would yes. I would be willing a third to quarterback that was definitely some backups. Rounder, definitely some backups. Which, oh, de- definitely backups. Definitely some backups. If you're a good backup, you know, I mean, yeah. what's the what's the Dave look like out there? What's his name? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> I never heard of it. Yeah. As a Dave I'm on like, the Soda Weight Loss Challenge now, so I'm not going to have the gut that Ryan Fitzpatrick had when he reported to camp. About. So. <laughs> Tell us about the Soda Challenge. No, nobody wants to hear about that. We'll talk about we'll that talk about day, that later. We'll talk about it in day 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. we're searching for topics. Um, okay, so uh, th- that all being said, let's move on to Jason and kind of how he looks at this whole thing. Um, I think Jason's big takeaway, for me at least, was that when guys are out, it creates opportunities for other guys. It means that – uh, there's a chance for other guys to get on the field and show what they can do, um, and and not just for themselves, but also for the team. So the team knows, hey, we got a, a good viable option, and maybe we were thinking he's just a backup. Maybe we got to work him in a little bit more. That being said, who do you think has the greatest opportunity with Zeke being out? Is it Darius Jackson, Mike Weber, or Tony Pollard? I honestly think it's, it's Darius, Darius Jackson, Jackson because, well, Tony Pollard is what he – I mean, he's a fourth-round pick. He's – 
by I mean, if you polled them anonymously, I think they'd say he's the draft pick they're the most excited about this year. He's here, and and they're going to find a role for him or try to. Um, so I don't worry about him. But I mean, Darius Jackson is the guy that gets forgotten about because they drafted Mike Weber, and he's the most experienced guy. He got the first crack at the first team reps yesterday. Uh, he's the one that has the chance to make the biggest statement because these other guys are the shiny new toys, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're already excited to see them, whereas you kind of push out the older guy. Uh, and so I think any opportunity that he can get to take reps is going to be great for him. And even if it's not with the Cowboys, it could be great for him to get that tape out there for another team to see. I think he's just a great, great combination of a, a guy that could be an every down back. He's got some speed as well. Um, I think Tony Pollard is the Felix Jones to when they had Marion Barber. You know, Pollard will be great if they got Zeke. But if they don't have Zeke, I still think he's going to be number two all the way. I don't Someone think anybody's – nobody's looking at him to be the lead back. No. I mean, that, that was kind of the scouting report on him coming out is, you know, Stephen Jones even seems like he can run between the tackles more than he gets credit for, but I still don't know if you want him doing that exclusively, which says to me that they need a number one to pair him with. So, you know, Weber and Jackson are the two that we've been looking at, and we'll get a better look at them now if Zeke's not here. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about some injuries. I want to talk about some guys that are starting training camp on PUP uh, and what that may mean for the Cowboys as they get ready for training camp in the preseason and even getting ready for the regular season. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. If you're like me and you love... I mean, if you have a... Thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just... Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV now for $10 a month for three months. Visit DirecTVNow.com. DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a little, little package. After three months, we use monthly at full price. Currently minimum $40 unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel any time. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. You want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers secrets stories and more what's steven jones thinking during a game what's joe looney's favorite pregame meal we take your questions to cowboys players and coaches and you can hear the answers directly back to you just say alexa open dallas cowboys star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk ex and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from Oxnard, California. It is day two of Cowboys training camp. The team is uh, actually out here behind us going through their walkthrough. Practice will happen this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So for those of you in the area that want to come out and attend practice, it's an open practice. Uh, make sure you get out. If you happen to see Nick, Dave, 
or Amber along the fence line. Make sure you stop them for a picture. They are open for business and will be open for business throughout <laughs> training camp. Open for business like we're charging for these pictures? No. Just oh, okay. No, I would, fans, I would right? never right. do that, but right. you were suggesting no, that No, what I mean I open for business, I mean like you're open to help out and gotcha. okay. take a picture and Nick holds babies and all that kind of if stuff. If you so. want to Venmo me three at a time. That's fine. <laughs> three, at a, three. That's the record. Yeah. And please don't do more because I, I was really nervous that we might have a lawsuit after that because I didn't think you were going to hold them all. I didn't think I You didn't had think a few so. beers, so it's yep. kind of – Treacherous there. All right. Anyway, let's get back in. Uh, I do want to catch up on one injury from yesterday in day one of practice. Tristan Hill was carted off uh, during the practice on Saturday. Do we have any updates on what his injury was and, and what his status is at this point? Well, it obviously wasn't as, as bad as it looks like. Anytime you're carted off the field, I mean, yeah. that's not a good thing. But, again, this is his first training camp practice, and uh, it sounds like it was just cramps. Uh, his ha- hamstring maybe tightened up on him or looking down here. I, 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 yeah, I saw him I down there. Him. He is down, down there, there. And in the walkthrough. He's some, some eyes are better than others. Yeah, he's definitely him. down there. Okay. Well, that's good. That's that's good for him. Uh, that's. I mean, it's easy to poke fun because we wait all summer, and then these two practices are, are very boring. Offense doesn't go against defense. And it's 74. Three degrees. Yeah, but but that's exactly that's exactly why they do it. Is it's it's. I mean, then you know. That's what you said. Yesterday. I know Nick giving me a hard time. That was pointed at me. I'm sure because I was just like, it's 73 no, degrees. I, I, like, I, how do you get dehydrated? I, in 73 degree I get temperatures. It, but but I, whatever. Again, I, I like I said yesterday. I think if you did all that in in your hotel room and went for for an hour and a half, you could still. If you're not in the best shape, you need to be in. And and that was the key, yeah. right? That's the key. And, I, and again, I'm not saying I don't know his condition level. My thought is these guys, as professionals, when they have that month, month and a half off, they're still working out to make sure that when they enter training camp, they are well, ready to go. The trainer told me a long time ago, about, especially about rookies, sometimes rookies come in and they don't know the difference between being hurt and being sore. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to kind of go through that a little bit. And it's hard for, for the, the trainers to kind of know that and to see, all right, this is something you just have to keep grinding through or this is a serious thing. So, you this know, this is, is, but this is the reason why they do these two boring practices. Right. Kind of get mm-hmm. your feet underneath you, get used to going through football stuff, see if you got any problems with your muscles and whatnot. So, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what the long-term outlook is for Tristan. It doesn't look too serious if he's at walkthrough, but that's why they do that. Yeah, I don't know what's on your, uh, you know, agenda here about talking about positions that are going to be problematic or could be but defensive tackles the one I think could really hurt this team and I I think that they made a smart move now to to draft that with their first pick because when you look at yeah they they won seven of their last nine or eight of ten or whatever it was but the two that they lost they got completely gashed in the middle of the field the Colts ran all over them the Rams ran all over them all all night and I think that's an area that they have shown they can get pushed around a little bit. And so I know Leighton Vanderesh was asked yesterday about what about that Rams game. He said, I'm not worried about it. Well, somebody needs to be worried about the way they played and make sure that that doesn't happen again. Let me make this clarification. I, I want to give you a chance to clarify. It seemed to me during that game that a lot of, particularly the Rams game, a lot of the, the issues that were happening weren't necessarily – it wasn't like they were lining up and they were playing power football – it was a lot of misdirection. There was a lot of stuff that was happening that I think the Cowboys got caught out of position a right. lot of times. So it wasn't so much getting pushed around, which I think is a, well, a, a unique distinction that should be made. Do you agree with that or do you disagree? Disagree because okay. because what does Marinelli love from his defensive tackles? What does he want them to do? Get upfield. Get up the field. Do what? 
Disrupt the passer. Rush the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Rushman, he calls him that. That sounds great. Sometimes you can use those guys to your advantage. So put whether it's pushed around or allowing you to go this way and opening up a game. I, there's a running back that I, I never even heard of that was going all over on you know on them in, in the Indianapolis game. Marlon I mean, Marlon Mack. Mack. I mean, I'd heard of him some, but I mean, yeah. You know, not he, a household name no, by any no. stretch. And so, player, and so I, I, I just think sometimes that scheme can be used against them. So whatever it is, whether it be pushed around or just, just they, there were plenty of running lanes for those games, and those, I think that's the recipe to kind of beat the Cowboys and that aggressive defense. The speed on linebacker, the speed in the rush, use the rush against them. They got to figure out ways to not let that happen. I haven't watched the tape of that game in a long time, but and and the Rams do use misdirection. They did it very well in that game, but like. I can go make a two-minute cut-up of C.J. Anderson runs between the guards, just plowing right up the middle of the field, linebackers out of position, defensive tackles getting pushed off the ball. Like, big boy got hurt in that game, Yeah, right? no, and, and Antoine Woods, I mean, he was playing with, like, a, a separated shoulder or a bum shoulder, yeah. like, hurt it in the second quarter. I get all that, but they got blown off the ball in both of those games, and I do think that is something to watch here. And that's the thing with repetition. It can be – a bad thing for you once you train a certain way and you repeat that over and over and yes it may work for you most of the times when you're playing a team like that that is starting to get so creative your instincts have to be able to follow that and adjust at the moment and not be able to do the same thing that you do over and over you know as far as the linebackers that was one thing that Layton had been doing all year, I thought. His instincts were so good. And when you talk about Sean Lee, that's one of his best abilities. To me, Sean Lee, his instincts are amazing. That's what That was something that Jalen had to work on, and I think he improved on that last year. So yeah. that that takes a, you have to consider that, instincts and be able to react in the moment. But that was part of what I was saying about the misdirection. I think for a lot of the plays I saw with the linebackers, they were just out of position. Yeah. It wasn't like somebody was on them and they couldn't get off blocks. They couldn't get off blocks because they had already taken a, a false step, mm-hmm. and when they took so the false step, now it. they can't recover, right? It's it was There was so much in that game to me that was about, and to be blunt with you, it was about coaching. It was about the fact that, the way that they were attacking the Cowboys, the Cowboys just weren't responding well to it. Yeah, I mean, e- either way, it's not necessarily talking about the, the strength guys or whatever. I mean, it, it, it's if you're in the right – you know, just like boxing, if you're in the wrong position, you get knocked out. I mean, so it doesn't really matter about what it is, it, whether it be pushed off the ball or got yourself – ran yourself out of the play. But one of the things that, that Amber was just talking about with the linebackers that made me think about, I think you're going to have a little bit more clarity of, of who's going to be on the field. No, no more feelings. when We've already sl- you know slashed Sean Lee's salary here, so like the, the feelings are out the window. You're not the, one of the starting linebackers anymore. In fact, they talked about him playing special teams. There should be no situation when Leighton's on on the field on third and seven to, to, for the season on the line. Your best two linebackers need to be playing. That's the that's the deal, and hopefully that will happen more. And you won't you won't find out where why why don't they have Jalen on the field here? You know why is Sean Lee here? If if it's a big drop off, and I think it is. I think it's now it's clear these top two guys, and then Sean Lee. All right, let's jump into uh, some of the, uh, the 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 guys that are, are starting training camp on pup. There are four guys. And, and really there are two of them that I'm most concerned about, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, Byron Jones, Noah Brown, all on PUP uh, to start uh, training camp. The two I'm most concerned about, though, Demarcus Lawrence and Byron Jones, how much are you guys concerned or you think the Cowboys should be concerned with the fact that there are two players who by all accounts were probably maybe the two best defensive players you had on your team two last year? Two of the year. three. Two of the three best players. Let's say that, two of the best three 
defensive players you had on your team, and both of them start the, the preseason or start training camp on PUP, and there is no real indication of just how soon they come back. I think most people believe they'll be back by the season. There's a chance maybe they aren't back by the beginning of the season. How concerned do you think the Cowboys should be with that? I think at this point I've talked to enough people who know what they would be talking about who think that they will be ready for the season. Okay. The problem is how much work will they have had to get in by the time that arrives. Like, you know, is Demarcus Lawrence going to hit the practice field real deal for the first time on the Wednesday before the Giants game, or is he going to get 10 days in August to get his feet back underneath him? Who practices first, D-Law or Zeke? Ooh, um, mm. good question. <laughs> <sighs> Damn, uh, D-Law. I think, I think, I think. Wow. That is no. That that's that's. that's I think I think broadest type question right there. I think it was. I think D Law is going to start practicing when we're back in Texas between the final two preseason games, or you know, around that time. Like the you know the part of camp where everybody's like, enough of this, we're done. You know, let's yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel as confident about Byron. Uh, It's a hip. He's recovering from hip surgery. That's like everything when you play the cornerback position. Uh, so I wonder about that. So I think they'll both be ready for the season. I just wonder how much work they will get. And that is concerning because that's important. Even if you're an all-pro, that's important. You nope. can't rush it. Then comes another injury. That's true. So, Which I, I think they're being smart about that for the record. You yeah. know? It's yeah. kind of, you know, Zeke, you feel these different levels of alarm or interest because, like, he could be here, but he's not. You know, like, they're just they're not ready, and there's no sense in rushing them back. I think they're being smart about it. If they can get some reps in August, that's fantastic. But if they're ready for the season, they're all pro players. Hopefully they can figure it out as they go. It's not ideal, but it is what it is. So I don't I don't feel concerned. I'm just kind of like, well, I mean, that's that's what it is. The schedule makers helped them out because if there's two positions that the Giants have been <laughs> talked about a lot is yeah. their offensive line has not been that good. And I don't know who's playing wide receiver they, for They have right a now. lot of problems right now, <laughs> wide receiver. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't if, know. If Golden Tate doesn't win his appeal, yeah, I don't know what their they're going to do. Their top three wide receivers, presumably their top three wide receivers will all be out against the Cowboys. Uh, or or one could be back, but it would be his, he would be just getting After back having no training camp. Yeah. Anthony yeah. Brown starting this doesn't seem such a bad idea. You know, yeah. I mean, if that happens, who knows? You know, they'll have somebody that, that emerges, but um, – but I'm just saying, and then the offensive line that the, they've had some some issues there. But I I think I don't know. I just feel like, and I've always said this for years. When you start skateboarding, you know, you're getting close to on your way back. And so you said that for years. For years, we I always say that. when you, you skateboard around through training camp, yeah, it's like being on the cords. When you get on the cords, you're almost the new, there. It's right? the new thing. So yeah. when you skateboard, you, you're you're a couple uh, steps from being back. Byron Jones was doing that. I think he's. I think this. Like you said, just being you know cautious about it. No sense in I rushing think he practices him back. Here, you think Byron practices here? I do. Not D Law. Not I just, Tank. I feel like he will practice a little bit. Work into practice. Okay. So all that being said, I talked a little bit earlier about Jason Garrett and how he says when guys are out, it creates opportunities. Let's start at the defensive end position. Yeesh. What guys mm. get the best opportunity? With Demarcus not being out here during well, camp. Don't right? forget about Tyrone Crawford either. He's on right. PUP as well. So your longest. Tyrone's probably not a starter at this point because Robert Quinn is here, but your longest tenured end, one of the you know spark plugs of your defensive line, this is this is a golden opportunity for Taco Charlton to do something. No do and carry Hyder too. Both not only guys. that, maybe last chance. Like this may be Taco's chance to actually do something where 
he ends up staying on this team. Like he's got to show him something. I think, I think you are in you are in the territory now where that is a pos that is a feasible conversation. Where you're like, if this guy is really not giving us anything, what's the point? Just the fact that you feel like as a Cowboys organization, you had to go out and sign a guy like Robert Quinn when yeah. you have a first round pick who That's should be entering when he, he should be entering. <laughs> ah, embarrassing is a little hard. <laughs> no, but but like, what it is. Talent acquisitions three twenty or three sixty five twenty four. You know, like but right. What is he into his third? What is, this is it, his third, third year? Season, yeah. You would expect that a pass rusher by entering his third year should be showing you enough where you don't have to go out yes, and spend that money absolutely. on a Robert Quinn. He and should the fact be. that they did is the biggest indictment it's, on him. You know, actually, a bit of a tangent. I'm sorry, but the Arizona Cardinals cut Robert Kimdichie yesterday. Their first round history is atrocious. Like going back to like 2012. They have not hit on anybody. Like their best pick in the first round you is. You could take out first round. No, because they found you know they found Tyron Matthew. They found. I'm just saying their Baker. Oh no, yeah, I meant their draft history. Oh, but okay. their first round history sucks out loud. There's no nice way to say it. <laughs> sucks out loud. Which, <laughs> but then you look at the Cowboys and it's like, it it's so good and yeah. then, and that makes Taco look even worse because yeah. there's an All Pro on that. I mean, Layton was an All Pro as a rookie. Zeke is the best running back in the league. Byron made All Pro last year. Demarcus got paid a hundred million dollars. Zach Martin, and on and on and on and Travis, on. Travis Tyron, yeah, Dez, and here you are. They've even got a point now where their second rounders are becoming that, right? And so yeah. yeah, and here you are now saying, "Damn, Taco, if you this is your opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to get some snaps, you yeah. can do it." It's not great, but so I mean, he was he's the first he's the first string left end right now without Tyrone and Demarcus. So big for him. Kerry Hyder's another guy. Nick mentioned him. Um, Dorrance Armstrong, very, very excited to see if he can make that patented year two jump. Two draft picks, too. Uh, uh, Joe Jackson and Jalen Jelks. Uh, both those guys, I, I feel like you know they're going to factor into this mix as well. Yeah. I, I, I Don't forget Randy Gregory could show up in sure. a moment, right? Mm -hmm. Jalen Jelks is my guy that I believe is going to do something. You ha you've been on him. I don't know. It's, just, which is interesting because most, most people write off the guy that's wearing Bob Lilly's number. They're like, oh, if you gave him 74, he doesn't have a future. I know. Or I you just, just write off the fact he's going to be wearing that. Well, sure, I know, I know. Change. I, just, right. I, I know. And, and we've been burned by the guys that look, you know, that look the part. There's a lot of oh, really yeah. good guys out there that get cut. Joe you know? Jackson looks the freaking part. Yeah. He's, I mean – so it, there's going to be some competition there, definitely. Talk about the cornerback position real quick before we leave, before we leave. Jordan Lewis, Donovan Alumba. What kind of what, what cornerbacks could possibly Anthony pop Brown. up here and get some opportunities? Obviously, Anthony Brown's still going to yeah. be in the mix as mm -hmm. as a you know starter caliber guy. Mike, but Jackson. but who who really gets a get some opportunities here to to kind of impress? Mike Jackson's a great answer, but I'm going to take the opportunity to cheerlead for Jordan because yes. the longer Byron sits, the more Jordan is a starter, and that's awesome for me. I mean, I love the guy. I think he's a good player. We've beaten it into the ground. I think it's unfortunate, you know, they changed schemes right after he got drafted. But this is an opportunity for him to prove his his merit. And if he does well, uh, he can either find a bigger role for himself or, you know, I don't want him to get traded. But maybe, you know, you could use him as, you know, that type of, you know, business of the NFL, yeah. all that good type of stuff. Yeah, I've uh, seen. Oh, God, sorry. Maybe he could improve his standing in the league with a good showing at training camp one way or the other. Chris Richard loves – uh, big long cornerbacks. That's his second favorite thing about a cornerback. This first one has got to be that he likes corners that make plays. That's what all defensive coaches want. Yeah. So do that. Offset the the second part by going out there and making play. Yeah. And for some reason, the ball finds him a lot. Fumble recoveries, things like Jordan, that. Jordan, you're talking Jordan about Jordan Lewis. Yeah. So, you know, he, he just needs to clean up his game just a little mm -hmm. more. 
and he 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 can be so good. Like we've seen him, he has the talent. He just needs to take advantage of yeah. those opportunities, clean up his game, and then he'll be in everybody's eyeball. Keep him yeah. on defense. You know, like don't, <laughs> don't yeah. put him please, on offense. Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you, you see it all the time where coaches have a kind of a prototype of what they want for particular players as far as size and and and, and length and all that kind of stuff. But I saw it with Parcells when he came in and his linebackers, and we got here. He uh, he actually had two linebackers with that with the exact opposite of what he typically right. wanted. He had Dexter Coakley, he had Datwin, and by the end of that first year, I remember him saying. Those guys earned my respect. That's right. And I think it's the same thing here. This is an opportunity for Jordan to earn the respect of Chris Richard uh, from the standpoint of saying he may not be my prototypical guy, but he earned the right to be able to be among my starting or playing cornerbacks because of how good he can play. Having said all of that, Mike Jackson is the (laughs) prototype. He is the prototype, right. That dude can tie his shoes standing straight Mm. up. Like he, his arms are unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. He can and do a group hug over here. Yes. And he is get the whole group in. He's running with the second string. I mean, okay, we they're not really practicing, but he is working with the second string as a day three rookie, day yeah. three pick as a rookie, second string. He's got all the measurables. Uh, so if he lives up to what Richard saw in him, and I have heard that he was a Chris Richard special, he loved him. Uh, that'll be exciting. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We will be back um, tomorrow at our normal time for the training camp. Uh, We'll be at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's noon for you guys back uh, in Dallas, and we'll be on every day Monday through Friday. So make sure you check us out then. We'll give you guys our latest and what we think of what's happening out here in training camp in Oxnard, California. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!